Good evening, everybody. Brian Newbert here from uh, GoldenBlack.com. Live in his rental car here in uh, Toronto, Canada. Or, I'm sorry, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, this is your GoldenBlack.com drive home post-game podcast following Purdue's 92-86 to Hall of Fame series win over um, Alabama uh, here in Toronto. I just brought to you by our friends at the East End Grill and Ripple and Company, uh, Purdue Federal Credit Union, AcrePro.com, TNW Design and Build, and the Whitaker Inn, which is in a different country right now, so I will not be driving past it. Um, yeah, hey, so I, I'm a little late here uh, on this. Um, I am in my car right now, but I'm only driving between dinner and my hotel. I did not want to uh, try to do this podcast while driving and using my GPS. The last thing I need to do in a f- different country is get thrown in jail. So uh, we're a little bit later on this, but uh, hopefully you understand. So um, as I mentioned before, Purdue wins 92-86 to over Alabama. Uh, it was an eventful game. It was an unbelievable basketball game. It was uh, back and forth. The rhythm of this game was just really distinct. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Lots of great offense. Uh, lots of not-so-great defense. Um, lots of fouls. Uh, and lots of Zach Eady. And um, this was a big night for him. Uh, obviously coming home to his, not only home city, but native country uh, as a star now. And, uh, you know, obviously Zach eady has been doing stuff with Team Canada. So it's not like Canada has never seen him as a basketball star. He's part of Canada basketball. He's part of Canada basketball's future. But this was really the first time and will be the only time in his college career that the people he some of the people he grew up with some of his family uh just the people in his home city perhaps some of the some of the Canadians who have adopted Purdue as their team because of him uh and I think I sniffed out a couple uh before the game judging by their Purdue gear and Canadian accents I don't think they were from Merrillville, as I said in my video before. Um, this was a big deal for him. It was a big deal for them. And um, <clears throat> he was he was received very warmly, as you'd imagine. Fans turned out well for him. I don't want to paint a picture here that's not accurate and pretend like this was a sold-out arena. You know, tens of thousands of people there for Zach Eady, like he's the Beatles coming back to Liverpool. But... Um, <coughs> Excuse me. There were, were a good number of people there. I'm sure there were a good number of Subway Zach Eady fans, in addition to friends and family. And, uh, you know, the Purdue fans who always travel well to these things. And they could not have gotten a better look at what Zach Eady's all about. You know, he scores 35 points in 36 minutes. He dominates the most important junctures of the game. He and Braden, he and Braden Smith... Um, <coughs> kind of flex their collective muscles as they've been doing all season as a tandem really when it mattered most if you watch this game on tv you saw an alabama team that uh basically had one plan and that was we're going to put five guys out as far away from each other as possible we're going to put purdue in space and we're just going to shoot threes like crazy and that literally forced certain purdue guys out of the game uh it was absolutely positively Alabama who dictated the terms of this game in that regard. And 
any team Purdue plays is will probably consider doing that sort of thing. And if you're Purdue, you're like, okay, fine, try it. Because you know what? If a team shoots 25 threes in the first half, most of them are only going to make like six of them or eight of them tops. Uh, it just so happened this was one of those games against a good shooting team. I don't want to make it sound like this was an outlier shooting night for Alabama because it was not. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm driving around in circles in my hotel's parking lot because I'm just trying to um, find a parking spot close enough to the door and you know what happens when um, it's 9.46 on a Saturday night, you return to your hotel, all the good parking spots are taken, and I am driving with one hand uh, while I hold my phone in the other, so I don't trust myself to park in one of these open spots with one hand on the wheel. Uh, Anyway, um, what was I saying? So Alabama dictated the terms of play of this game, they had an unbelievable shooting first half, uh, 13 of 25, as I mentioned before. If uh, you saw what Purdue endured in the first half and then recognized that at halftime they were only down by two points, you would have thought that game was over. Purdue was going to win that game, uh, probably going away because Purdue just kind of found a way to stick around, stick around, stick around. While everybody watching that game probably had to wonder, hey, how sustainable is this for Alabama to shoot 1,000% from three? How how mathematically possible is it to shoot 1,000% from three? Well, anyway, um, the game, it turned out, was not over because Purdue had some issues to start the first half that I think were more on Purdue than they were on Alabama. That's my turn signal again because I'm going around one more loop around this residence in parking lot. Looking for Shohei Otani, who was supposed to be here last night. Anyway, um, so it looked at halftime like Purdue was going to run away with this. And then they turned the ball over a couple times to start the half. Alabama gets out in the open floor a couple times. And uh, before you know it, Purdue's two-point deficit is back up to nine. Uh, And, you know, Alabama's got some stuff going for it again. And then Purdue just blows their doors off, thanks to Braden Smith and Zach Eady and – Purdue itself getting hot at the right time from three-point range. And um, Purdue goes up nine. So then then the game's over, absolutely, right? Alabama comes right back, and they're up by one like three minutes later. And uh, it just kind of – that was the kind of game it was. As I said before, the rhythm of this game was just really fascinating, really fun to watch. Um, but it was all about, you know, Zach Eady and Braden Smith and the fact Purdue has not one but two – if not elite players, obviously Zach Eadie's an elite player, but Braden Smith is not far off. Um, he was <laughs> outstanding in this game. His his just mastery of the game, his feel for the game, his his reads and pick and roll, his his situational play, just outstanding. You couldn't really ask for much more uh, from a point guard in a game like this. And keep in mind the competition. Alabama is a team that tries to make things really difficult on your guards. And as has been the case all season long, he's not been phased. Now, Purdue, Purdue's other guards didn't have their best games, uh, Lance Jones and Fletcher Lawyer, but Braden Smith wasn't phased whatsoever. And I don't think those other two guys necessarily struggled directly due to Alabama, but I, I don't think it was their best days. Um, but it was one of Braden Smith's best days, and he's had a lot of them. 
So, uh, you know, that's a hell of a luxury for Purdue to have this year. And they're the reason they're as good as they are is that the combination of Braden Smith and Zach Eady, those two guys are great players on their own, but as a combination, they're something much different. And that's, that's um, <clears throat> something really special and something I can't really, you know, provide a lot of frame of reference for at Purdue. Uh, the last kind of tandems like this I can think of that I'd even compare it to is, you know, the, the way Purdue used to use Etuan Moore and Juwan Johnson kind of on one side of the floor and just let them work. Uh, very different players, very different era, um, but very similar uh, in terms of their impact, if not even more so. I'd say even more so because of the physical dominance that's part of this equation as opposed to the uh, the equation I, I mentioned prior. So um, just... A really good win for Purdue uh, under the circumstances. I think it's really good for Purdue. I said this a bunch of times in Honolulu to have to strain. Uh, and, man, they had to strain uh, in this game because being down 12 right away um, <clears throat> to endure that proverbial buzzsaw, the sort of things that probably would have broken a lot of teams early where they would have just said, hey, this isn't our night. Or, you know, some nights it's – just not going to happen and a lot of teams could have very easily looked at that first half and looked at 13 to 25 from three and just maybe not folded but not figured out ways to kind of keep it close the way Purdue did the way Purdue managed to keep it within a couple possessions when it was at risk of very easily getting a 20 um had Purdue made a couple more mistakes here or there or had some things fallen differently, that could have been a 20-point game in the first half very easily. But Purdue, again, just kept finding ways to kind of, to kind of keep it around seven, um, down to five, down to three, whatever, and then ultimately down to two at half. And um, a lot of teams probably would have been more wobbled than that. But, uh, you know, Purdue was pretty buoyant, one of my favorite words. Uh, was unfazed, F-A-Z-E-D, and um, showed a lot of metal, M-E-T-T-L-E. So, you know, obviously this has been quite a gauntlet of games for Purdue. This has been the, this is the strongest, best non-conference schedule Purdue's ever had. Um, I've only been around 20-some years, but I can't imagine one being any different, any more daunting, and I wouldn't even know how to measure it. Um, but Purdue's, you know, one win away from um, being undefeated in that non-conference season for the, what, third year in a row? <laughs> now, that last win is going to be a handful, obviously. Number one, Arizona, is going to be the opponent next week. Um, so obviously don't want don't to assume that one uh, and don't want to Obviously wouldn't be shocked if Purdue doesn't get that one, um, but I um, wouldn't be surprised if they did either. So, uh, you know, Purdue's, Purdue's got a good thing going for it here, as I've said, after every one of these games. And uh, I am obviously running out of things to talk about here. Uh, I have enjoyed my time in Canada, but all good things must come to an end. So uh, I will, uh, how do they say goodbye in Canadian? Oh, yeah, goodbye. Um so that's what I got, everybody. Thank you for, uh, thank you for listening to this and, um,
all of that. And thank you to the uh, East End Grill and Ripple and Company, um, Purdue Federal Credit Union, AcrePro.com, TNW Design and Build, and the Whitaker Inn for your sponsorship uh, partnerships, as always. We appreciate it very much. And uh, I will talk to you guys again uh, when I clear customs, get back into the States. They make sure I have no contraband on me, whatever contraband would constitute. I bought undershirts at Walmart. Do I have to claim that? Yes, I came to Canada and I didn't pack enough undershirts. Don't judge me. Um, and I went to Walmart to get them. The Walmart Super Center with an R-E, not an E-R. So, um, <clears throat> all right, everybody. Um, so I am going to stop driving around this parking lot at uh, five kilometers per hour here. And uh, I'm going to go... Uh, finish up my writing. So thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you again next weekend after Purdue plays Arizona and uh, take care.